Welcome to the 80s and 90s presents 99, where every day is a party like it's 1999. Here's your hosts, Jamie Fenderson and Milo Dennison. This summer, something that happens pretty rarely happened, and that is that the euro was equal to the US dollar. So usually the euro is worth more than the US dollar, but the dollar's doing all right now and the EU, apparently not. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing though, because that means like, like inflation's worse or something. I, I don't know about all the monetary policy stuff, but it's not necessarily a good thing, right? Yeah, it's good if you're a tourist. Yeah, I know. And I you're traveling on the US dollar. But some if years you... ago in, in Ireland, and I was like, damn, it's expensive. I thought I was the wealthy American, but I feel kind of like poor here. <laughs> yeah. I well, do. that's what I always liked when I went back to the States. I mean, I'm like, oh man, I, I'm, this yeah, is huh? how much sweet or I'll transfer <laughs> money over and it'll be like a couple hundred pounds or a couple hundred euros. And then it comes to like 300 and something dollar. And you're like, whoa, sweet. Or I don't know what the actual exchange rates were, but like, you know, but Not yeah, you, you are right though, because if you export goods from the U.S., it's actually not a good thing because people, of course, then are spending more for your goods, which potentially decreases, or is the other way around, whether you import. I actually listened to a podcast on this, but it ha- uh, the big impact is exports and imports. Depending on which one you are, you actually want the dollar to be worth less. This is why China is always uh, getting harped on by the U.S. government. Yeah, because they, they want to keep their, they want to stay cheap. Exactly. They artificially keep their uh, currency low in relation to the dollar so that that way they can sell stuff to the U.S. and people eat it up. Yeah. So this, the whole the whole euro, though, was not a thing until 1999. And, and you reminded me of this because- I forgot about it because in 1999, I, I don't, I didn't really, I was partying with sailors. Like I didn't in Tokyo or whatever. I didn't really think about European monetary policy <laughs> at all. So I forgot this even happened, man. I was well, you were like, Hey, the, the Euro actually became a thing in 1999. I was surprised. Like, why didn't I know about that? And then I thought back to what I was doing in 1999 and it all makes sense. Why I didn't know about it. <laughs> You're on the other side <laughs> of the planet. You, you, you care about the yen and the whatever. Yeah. I care about the yen. That's the one that matters. And we'd there. hit like some really cheap ports and, and my dollar was, was just fine. So Mm. Yeah, but it did. It happened. Uh, it went down in 1999, January 1st, 1999, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct, sir. They first, it was first in electronic form on January 1st. So you still couldn't get actual euro, the currency, the paper cash. Uh, you could only do traveler's checks, electronic transfers, banking, all of that kind of stuff switched to the euro. But also what happened on the December 31st of 1998 is all of the countries that signed up To start with the euro, there were 11 countries then, and they locked in their exchange rates that night and said, okay, the Deutsche Mark is worth this many euros. So then they spent the next three years transitioning where people could go to the bank and start exchanging all of their currency for euros uh, is the reason why they they did that. Um, But uh, apparently from everything I've read, it was all a pretty reasonably easy transition over too. Like there wasn't a lot of hiccups or problems as it went through. My my question though, what happened to all those other currencies? Did they like burn them or what? Yeah, they destroyed them. They destroyed them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. All that so money. the banks would take it in, and yeah, they destroy it all. How did they destroy it? Like put in a big bonfire? 
<laughs> burn uh, that i don't know if they shredded by corona it probably varied by country or whatever uh, in regards to actually how they did it so yeah you can still i mean people will still have occasional you know french francs and stuff but it's not valued at anything now it's just collector items well that's what i was about to say maybe they're collector items now because they're kind of rare yep so i'd have kept my shiznit some of it, especially if it was like in good condition, like a new bill, yeah. like I would have saved that. And then, then you could uh, get some money for that kind of stuff at a later date, but you can't exchange it straight for cash. You couldn't go into a restaurant and pay for dinner. No. Matthew Franks. And um, of those initial countries, of course, the UK was like, no, fuck that. We don't want to get rid of our pound. We're snobs. And so they stayed on the, the euro and, um, or sorry, they stayed on the pound. On the pound. Denmark stayed on Denmark was the other one. Yep, exactly. They had an opt-out clause or something. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to, they didn't want to transition to it. And the thing is like, I, I think it's great as somebody who lives in Europe and travels around in Europe, it is fantastic having that one common currency when you're paying yeah. for stuff. And if you need to pay with cash, you don't always have to use your card and deal with exchange rates and that kind of stuff. And it's a pain in the ass in the UK because they're the fucking only country that uses the goddamn pound. And even worse, in the UK, let's say I go to Northern Ireland, right? And I get British pounds in Northern Ireland. The picture on it's different than the picture that you'd get here or in Scotland. So the actual pounds are different between Scotland, England, and oh, Ireland. Other yeah. countries, right? <laughs> yeah. And you can go into like someplace here in London and try to pay with your pounds, legal ten legal currency. And they might like actually try not to accept it and be like, no, we don't want that. They get all like huffy about it. And that shit. doesn't have like, the queen. Yeah, that that's exactly hard? right. I'm not yeah, taking and, that. Yeah, get that out of here. So they no, get all no, huffy and annoyed no, by it. And you're like, it's currency. No, it's your Gibson, country's what are you trying to pull on me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this all dates back to there was something in the 50s called the Treaty of Rome, right? Which is kind of the precursor to what what we could consider the the European Union, right? And then stuff really started to go down in the 80s, right? So in in 85, uh, they that's where they actually started the project for a single European market. And then they finally they kind of figured that eventually there would be a common currency with that, right? But I, I think because they saw the United States and how well things work and how the fact that these states band together to be the superpower, they're like, hey, we can kind of do that same thing. Yeah, they also had World War One and World War Two, which they came out of and was like, okay, if we could tie these tie our countries together via a common currency and a European Union, it might reduce the chances of having another war as well. <laughs> yeah, stop fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe's a great place and, and beautiful and the, until it's not, because they when they have wars, they they do, right? But that's 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 right. I think it would, like if they said, hey, our currencies are the same, and we're kind of like a United States of Europe, you know, because you don't really see Delaware and Oregon having wars or whatnot, right? It, it just doesn't happen because Texas and California a little bit, but that's just on Twitter <laughs> and social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then, then there was something in 89 called the Dolores report on economic and monetary union, but that's where they proposed kind of this three stage plan to get to this point that they were at in 99. Right. Yeah, exactly. So Germany wanted to reunify 
and uh, UK and France were against it. And part of the <laughs> that's understandably. Yeah. Well, you think I so? was surprised. I, I, and they actually influenced the Soviets to be like, no, nah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was surprising to me. But I guess if you think about the history, it, it kind of makes sense, right? That, yeah, that's, that's why. It, it was four decades, five decades, four decades before. So, but it was a, that was a bad war. Germany did some bad things, but I thought they would be over it by then. Right. But it seems not. Nope. <laughs> They're still butthurt, dude. I guess understandable, right? It's understandable. And so in order to part of the deal in reunification was that, you know, monetary union uh, between the countries as well. So that kind of helps. Germany basically say, okay, let us reunify and uh, we'll, we'll get on board with this whole monetary well, union thing. And it turns out they're kind of leading. Yeah. They kind of led it. So it's not that we're on board with it. They're kind of like the spearhead cheerleaders for the whole EU and, and Euro and the whole Eurozone thing. That's They're kind of the center of it all. Yeah. And that was really apparent uh, during the most recent economic crisis with Greece. Yeah. And Greece went into default on their loans and basically went into a big recession. And Germany was really kind of the one pushing to bail them out and loan them the money. But uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to that between the two countries because in order to get the money to pay, to pay their bills in Greece, they had to sign up to all these rules that Greece said they had to do. And they're all like, what? We don't want to do that. That sucks. Just give us our money. And Greece and Germany's like, no, 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 no. If you want our money, Nine. you must agree to this. CS, the time is over. Get yeah. to work. Get to work. But it worked though. I mean, that's part of the benefit of that one currency was the fact that they were able to be- help bail them out via the European Central Bank. Yeah. Well, and it seems to me like the UK, the UK has been traditionally kind of aloof to Europe going back centuries, but it seems to me like their constant aloofness has really put Germany kind of in a position of leadership in Europe where that, where it's something that something the UK could have had, but they just, they're so, oh, we're so us and stuff that they they kind of gave Germany the, the the reins and said, okay, you can lead this whole European thing. We're on, we're doing our own thing on our Island. So I don't know if that's what they wanted to do, but that's what's happened. Well, the German economy is doing fantastic. All, most of the cars you see cruising around in the streets of the UK were German manufacturers. Volkswagen. <laughs> Germans make nice shit. Audis, they do. Yep. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. So I got some German knives and they're the bomb diggity, dude. They're so good. It's nice. All my veg and meats like a champ. I'm like, yeah, Blitzkrieg all up on my on my on my on my on my Chinese stir fry with them German knives, bro. It's so chop, good. Chop that shit up. Yeah. Well, in 92, there was something called the Maastricht Treaty. If I'm not even saying that. Right. I was wondering how to pronounce that as well. Maastricht. Maastricht. Yeah, and that's the um that's the like where it transformed the EU or the European community into a, like a full economic union. So that's, it's like, yeah, this is legit now. Yeah. Right. They said, if you wanted to be a member, you needed to have, you know, low budget deficits, you need to have a certain debt to income, you know, debt ratio and stuff like that, which is funny. Cause if you look at some of these rules, the United States would not be allowed as a member in the year with the, the debt spending that the U S because <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, 
We're so in debt. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Three like, percent oh, no, no, debt. No, no, what? No, 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 no. Our country's run on on debt. debt. We owe the yeah. world. We owe the totally. world a lot of money. <laughs> we'll, we'll loan yeah. you money, US, but we won't uh we won't let you part of the EU. It is a lot of criteria though, and it's actually called the Maastricht criteria. So that's what you, you have to meet this criteria in order to be a euro. I don't know if it's for the currency or for the EU membership or both? It's uh, Well, the rules are a little bit different. So you can be a member of the EU and not use the euro. Mm. So there's like, uh, I have it here. How many countries are in the 27 countries are in the EU right now. And of those 27, 19 use the euro. So you can opt out, but you do still have to, j- to do- join the, the EU. You've got some of those requirements. And then there's also like social requirements like you you can't be like women or second class citizens and you know like they they have like certain the social requirements united federation of planets do absolutely if you want to join like, the federation you can't have caste systems and you mm-hmm. have to have like representative governments and wow exactly europe's got it going on dude like jean-luc picard is all up on that action they probably copied it from the 60s era star trek is really where they took it from i'm sure (laughs) yeah yeah well in 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 97 there was something or 95 there was something called the madrid european summit um and that's when the there were 15 member states at the time and that's when they i think they generated like a timetable for when they're gonna do all this action right like the transition planning started at this Madrid European summit. Yep. So they grouped the plan for it. They basically decided that the term Euro was going to be the currency there. Uh, they talked about like what currencies were going to be converted to the Euro uh, in it, something called triangulation, which I didn't spend a lot of time looking that one up. And of course, that's where UK, Denmark and Sweden were like, yeah, nah, we're good. You guys do it. The name Euro is so cool. It is cool. I don't know. I think we should change ours to like the Amero or something. It's annoying though, because there's so many freaking coins in the Euro. Like, so you've got one Euro coins, you've got change, which is like, you've got a 20 cent coin, a 10 cent coin, a one cent coin, a two cent coin, a five (laughs) cent coin. That's worse than Canada. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. I remember once I pulled, like I was just at work and and me and a friend, we were talking about like all this change because he's from the US as well. And we both like just emptied our pockets onto the desk there, just had this massive pile of change. It's like, man, this sucks. Yeah. That's how it was in Japan too. Like they have actually 500 yen coins, which is like five bucks. But it's kind of nice in Japan because everything's vending machines. So you're like getting beer and ramen or whatever just with your coins. So you're using them all the time. Yeah, Yeah, there's a two-year-old coin as well. You think about this though, like if you're a stripper, how hard (laughs) is it? Because like versus, you know, ones and fives in the US, they can come up off the table, but you're throwing coin up there, man. It's probably jingle jangle. Yeah. You know, the hot chick came out because it's all like jingle jangle, jingle jangle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Making money tonight. On the stage tonight. <laughs> Veronica, the, the strip club favorite. Jingle, 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 jingle. But, but you know, when they when they did the coin minting, mm-hmm. um, they had a few bills and coins, just a very few from like the Vatican and San Marino and Monaco, which are very, they, they didn't mint many of them because they're such small countries. Mm-hmm. But people 
uh, kept them in, as collector's items. So those are actually worth kind of a lot more than their face value because they're small countries and yeah. there's not many of, of those around. So if you do see any coins or dollars from Vatican City or Monaco or San Marino, those little tiny city-states, get that shit, bro. Keep it. All right. I'll keep an eye out for it. Nobody uses, I hardly ever use actual paper or coin currency anymore. It's all mm -hmm. card nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. So anyway, so we're on to what? 1998 here, maybe? Well, 97. 97? They had something called the Amsterdam European Council, um, some kind of stability and growth pact. And they, and they had this more criteria where they were saying uh, there was constraints on relating to public finance and there was a 3% ceiling on budget deficit, which is why you were saying like United <laughs> States would never be able to join the Euro, Euro, no, no. Eurozone. <laughs> yeah. Financial sanctions, that kind of stuff. And they're the constraints uh, that are necessary because there are so many countries in the Euro and to have a single monetary policy, uh, they need to actually have everybody on board because like we saw with the whole Greece and Spain thing, if they don't stick to certain monetary policy, they'll screw everything up and bring everybody else down with them. Yeah. And so they, I guess the countries can still have quite a bit of their own national fiscal policy, mm -hmm. but like you said, they have to have some constraints. Otherwise, yeah, everybody goes, goes down. Right. It's the same here in the U S like a, the States have a lot of autonomy in, in way in matters of law and things like that. But economically, um, they're still kind of subject to federal, like the federal rules, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still subject to the Fed and and even the national government, you know, divvies out money that it takes in to different states for different reasons yeah. and that kind of stuff. That all led up to January 1st of 1999, which was like the stage three of the economic and monetary union mm -hmm. um, for the Eurozone. So like you said, it was all like that, that what was it, midnight? Like your rate was fixed, man. Some so your country up. Currency. Bankers are like, okay, let's fix that rate, and yep. it did really well. Like when it first started off, the compared to the it was one sixteen to the dollar, I think is what it was, and then a couple of days later it was up to like one eighteen to the dollar. So right away and it was it's been up there ever the since yeah. until you, like you said, oh, until recently, recently yeah. which is, I don't, it doesn't seem like that's a good thing to me. If things were like they were for 20 plus years and then they're kind of not anymore, maybe, maybe that's good in some cases, but it just doesn't seem good to me. Yeah. Well, I think that's because they're talking about a recession happening and I guess we're going to just find out. Yeah. Well, on the whole, who's impacted you know, by it. Dic dictator starting a war in Europe. Mm -hmm. for the like, first conflict and big conflict in Europe in like 80 years. I'm sure that doesn't help. Nope, not at all. The highest the euro ever valued against the dollar was 159 on the 14th of July of 2008. Mm. So that would have been a good day to have been a European traveler. Yep. Be like, America, it's like your whole country's on sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, here's a couple of euros. Don't spend them all. Yeah. Well, I hope our friends and listeners have enjoyed talking monetary policy. <laughs> it's exciting stuff. Yeah, that's how we're rolling today, guys. Yep, it is. You, you learn something, though. Admit it. And despite the fact that it's a pretty dry-ass subject, we, we made it a little fun. Admit it. Tell us. Totally. 
what you think about this episode on Twitter at, at the 80s and 90s com or send us a message, the 80s and 90s dot com or subscribe to our newsletter there, too. I read your newsletter today, actually. It was good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. talking about very uh, codes and eight, six, seven, five, three. Yeah. What sucks was- is after I read that, I had that stupid song stuck in my head. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, see, you're gonna go back if you subscribe to the to the magazine to the newsletter. You're gonna go back. You're gonna get it right to your inbox, and it's it's way better than it, checking that email is way better than checking a work email. So do it. <laughs>